The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And here we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride podcast. I am your host, Pete Sweeney, and alongside the blog father, Joel Thorman, and all the way from Minnesota, Seth Kaiser. It's a big big day. We got all three of us, Joel. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited to have Seth here as well. Hello, Seth. I only answer to the chief in the north now, so, you know, I just figured I'd let He's you guys He's all know about that. varication and cheap plugs right now, Joel. Absolutely. That is Seth. Come on, Seth. Chief in the North <laughs> podcast, another podcast on our network. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good look at, awesome at look. film, analysis. What else? How else would you describe it, Seth? Um, imagine the greatest thing you've ever listened to and then multiply that. And then click I on the ads while you're there. <laughs> I, well, I think I'm trying. It's, it's also the most humble podcast you'll ever listen to. So, <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Uh, well, today we're going to get into the Chiefs' second preseason game. Before yes. we do, I just want to make a public announcement. I w- I've been putting out videos from training camp uh, left and right, trying to do my best, pumping them out. The other day, I put a, a video up of uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing a Tyree kill deep, and I happened to write in stride, and it wasn't really in stride. I'm telling you, I got 10 to 15 tweets. Explaining what in stride is. I know what in stride is. I'm trying to get the video up as fast as I can. Give a good description. Maybe it wasn't exactly in stride, but give me a little break, Arid Prider. <laughs> oh, you got a lot to learn here, buddy. Oh, oh it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets God. better. Oh yeah, I I probably get at least a couple emails a week telling me what a hack I am. So I really wouldn't worry about it too much. And like you said, it'll only get worse before it gets better. I'm just, I just want the people to know we are men of the people. We're trying our best over here. Anyway, let's get into the second preseason game. Joel, I'm going to start with you. What are you most looking forward to in preseason game number two? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Let's just jump right to it. Yes. Pat Mahomes again. To get even more specific, I want to see him come in at the end of the first half. Uh, oh, he's, supposed, he's supposed to start the third quarter, but he was also supposed to do that uh, last week, and he came in at the end of the first half. So I'd like to see him a little bit uh, with the ones, those receivers, see him with Conley um, and Tyreek uh, and a, a solid offensive line. Because I think that's like the one part of 
you know, it's it's hard to analyze, you know, how Mahomes did uh, with the offensive line last week. So I really want to see him get a series or two with the first team. Yeah, I tend to think these guidelines for playing time with Andy Reid are very loose. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see Alex Smith, you know, he had a nice, successful first drive. He took him right out uh, last game. And I, I, I tend to think that the same thing will happen in the second quarter. Wouldn't you agree, Seth, if, if he's playing well, he gets a touchdown near the end of the second quarter, you may see Mahomes for, what, six minutes or so maybe? Man, from your lips to God's ears, that's what I'm hoping happens. The only thing that throws a wrench in preseason this year that makes things a little weird is, you know, how they're changing cutdowns. Right, and I've had people talk to me and think that 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 means they're gonna coaches are gonna change how they do like the third preseason game because that's always been the one they go through halftime, right? Right. And I've had people think that that's going to change things, and if it was, then Andy Reid would probably want to play Alex all the way through the half. But I'm really, really hopeful that that's not what happens because I was honestly sitting there. I even tweeted about this. I was just sitting there, and it just occurred to me, like, wait a minute, Patrick Mahomes could play with the ones this week. And then I haven't been able to think about anything since. Like, Joel, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. It would be really great to see. Because like he said, with that offensive line, you couldn't really gauge his ability to run the offense because he was running for his life the whole time. Yeah, and I would say, uh, you know, you you mentioned whether or not the cutdowns will change anything. Andy Reid, I don't think doesn't change very much. Um, I think he's going <laughs> to stick to his preseason script. The last, you know, 20 years, he's basically done the same thing. It's, it's, and I think he's going to do that. It's it, funny you mention that because even when they have a Thursday night game, and he, he'll say something like, nope, Sunday's actually going to be Monday today. And like, he can't even process the yeah. fact that he's playing on Thursday instead of Sunday. He's like, no, 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 no. So, so you know, Sunday's going to be Monday. Tuesday's going to be Wednesday. We're going to get the day out, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's true. He's a very by-the-book, by-the-Andy Reid book type of guy. So, you might, you know, you might be right, Joel, I think, in, in saying that. Now, we're talking about quarterbacks. We're going to see Alec for the first half. Couldn't really play it any better than last week. I really like the fact that he scrambled. I mentioned that a couple times on different articles. Mm-hmm. Leading stuff. rusher. Is this the biggest game for Tyler Bray? Does he need a big big game to even stay in this race for number two? Um, I I don't think it's much of a race. I I think that's, that's already been essentially decided. Um, man, can you imagine the Chiefs? putting Mahomes back to number three. I I personally can't. I cannot because Andy Reid would not invite that turmoil into the team. So I think that's pretty much decided. Bray's under contract. So I think he's probably going to make the team too. Um, I think he's playing for next year. Okay. Seth, what do you think? Man, I hate to just toe the company line with the boss, but I think Joel's absolutely right. Andy Reid wouldn't have moved Mahomes to number two, knowing that that would make the whispers get a little bit louder regarding Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith, he wouldn't have done that unless he were absolutely certain he wanted Mahomes at number two. Because you can't, like he said, it would be chaos if he moved him back down to number three. Plus, I I think what happens with Mahomes depends entirely on Mahomes. Even if Tyler Bray has a great game, unless Mahomes has an absolute stinker, I, I just don't see any, I don't see any way it could possibly happen. It would just be too much drama. Even if he does have a stinker, I... There's no way it happens. There's literally, I don't think there is a scenario that exists where Mahomes is dropping back down. I tweeted out last week, you know, you can find it at PG Swain as we're plugging things, Seth. I tweeted <laughs> out last week, I don't think he'll ever be lower than number two ever again. Yeah. I, I, just because, uh, yeah, I mean, he may not have the playbook down, and, and there are times when he looks um, like he'll overthrow, maybe an underthrow. But at the same time, as you've seen at training camp, I mean, I, I've been there. He's got that, oh God, I hate to 
throw crazy names out there, but he's got that Aaron Rodgers swag of extending the play where yeah, it, he does. you think it's over with and he'll like roll out and then kind of, you know, like do the, you, you think it's going to be a, a bad throw and it's just completely accurate on the run. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, he's got that it that Bray doesn't have. And, and unless they were to bring in a veteran, I just don't see him dropping back at this point. I want to move on to wide receivers. What's jumping out about wideouts for you this week, Joel, anything? If there's going to be uh, one of those um, into the depth chart guys to make it, because I feel like we're probably in agreement on, you know, four to five of the receivers being close to locks. Shontavious Jones, Marcus Kemp, like one of those guys that fans don't really know. And I've heard a little bit about in preseason, like which one of those guys are going to bust through? You, You know, the buzz started at the beginning of camp stemming from minicamp about DeMarcus Robinson, but he, you didn't really hear a yeah. ton about him since he did have that long catch the last game. But aside from that, I mean, hasn't no. it, hasn't all the buzz been about Shontavious Jones? I'm not necessarily sure that, that DeMarcus Robinson is, is, is as nearly a lock as we thought maybe at the beginning of training camp. What do you think, Seth? You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate to, that we just don't know because, like you said, Robinson had that big catch and had that not been called back by a holding penalty right. that wasn't on him, we might be talking about him a little bit differently because he'd have, you know, a 40-yard gain or whatever, you, whatever it might be. It looked like he got great separation there. He looked quick. So I, I just don't know. But like you said, the hype really died down once the pads started coming on, and that always spooks me with receivers. That's a good point. Because it, to me, it's an indication that he might not be able to handle the contact. Another player to watch, Marcus Kemp, because with the promotion of Pat Mahomes, Marcus Kemp started to get second-team reps at training camp too. And there's a thing with favorite receivers. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if they have a good rapport – and Mahomes is your quarterback of the future, you know, whether that be next year or the year after, whatever it is, you're going to keep the guys that he likes throwing to, right? So Marcus Kemp is suddenly in the mix as well, and it should be interesting to see how he performs in the game. So I have a question. Is DeAnthony Thomas a non-special teams factor at all this year? Mahomes has gone to him during training camp, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I, I see him being the new kickoff specialist. I think he's, for me, he's 1,000% making the team just because Tobe called him the toughest player we have. I think Tobe is going to die for DeAnthony Thomas for whatever reason. I don't know what, you know, I think he just loves him. And mm-hmm. with Tyreek not returning kicks anymore, he's certainly a lock for special teams, but you make a good point. You know, he, and DeAnthony Thomas is very fast. I don't, I don't want to say that he's not fast, but he's just like a slower version of, of Hill, just a slower and Baller. less catchability version of Tyreek Hill. And so, um, because I was thinking, like, you, if you're going to throw those screens with them, like, right. you're going to do that with Tyreek. Right. You know? No, I, yeah, and I, I would agree. I think he's more of a special teams guy for sure. I think that's a great point. I do want to move on now to the running backs. This is weird to me because you see Kareem Hunt getting all of these uh, reps at num- at, with the first team in training camp, and then you get into the game, and Spencer Ware takes, like, 18, and Kareem Hunt had, had one, I believe, with the first team. So it's a, it's a weird, because I thought that maybe this could turn into a dual running back system. I'm interested in seeing how much playing time with the first team Kareem Hunt gets this week. Yeah, it's not surprising to me that uh, that Spencer Ware got that many reps, just because I feel like Andy Reid really leans on those veterans uh, when they're in battles with rookies, and I feel like he gives them a fair shake. So, I, you know... I would like to see absolutely more from Hunt. To me, uh, you know, I think the more interesting battle comes, uh, you know, with C.J. Spiller and Shark and, you know, which one of those two are going to make it. it or, or both. Yeah, I, I, Seth, I, I think the, the battle, I mean, we know that Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware are going to be 1-2, whatever it shakes out. I, I still consider Hunt an outside chance of making 
the running back one position. But really, the battle you're watching is three. Is it going to be Spiller or Kendrick West? Seth, what do you think? Based on the limited stuff that we saw Friday, I would I would lean towards Spiller at this point. He looks like he's got a little more burst. He looks a little bit quicker. And I like West. West is a great team guy. Um, he's a good receiver. But if Spiller is healthy and he's a little bit quicker, I don't know what West brings to the table that Spiller doesn't. On a side note, talking about Ware and Hunt, I got to say I would be stunned if Ware lost out that starting position. Because if you go back and you really review the first half of last season, Ware was phenomenal. Oh, no doubt. He just kept getting nicked up. Right. I, I just... I have, I have the position where I just think Hunt offers you a little bit more, and if he can get that playbook down, I think you, Ware becomes more the specialty back, whereas Hunt can kind of do it all. That's where, that's my only position on that particular thing. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Kareem Hunt's a, suddenly a favorite to be RB1. I just don't think it's 100% Ware. That's all I'm sure. saying. I do, I do want to mention Sharkandrick West, Wednesday morning, tweeted, My whole life I was built off doubt. I love it. Makes me go harder. So thank you. Uh, hashtag God is good. So he's feeling it. I yeah. mean, he's feeling the yeah. pressure. The pressure is real. I, you know, I, I know that a lot of times people are like, oh, you can't read athletes Twitter and, and tell what they're feeling. You, you can. Shark is pretty uh, accessible, I would say. And I think that's probably real. And uh, yeah, the, the pressure is absolutely real. And he did not look good last week. It was just three snaps. So or three carries, so we don't need to... Fr- like. I felt like we freaked out a little too much over three plays. But. You know, it, the problem was that all the eyes were on him because he needed the one yard for Mahomes to continue the drive. So, like, right. everyone's watching that, and then he just gets stuffed the two times, and it's like, it's a, shoot, yeah. man. It's the same reason we're cutting Isaiah Battle, like, the day after the game. <laughs> yeah. A holding penalty on that long pass from Mahomes. That's a great point. That's it's a like great a del- point, it's like It's like you're holding Mom's delicate crystal, like, dinette set and you know what if someone come comes over and knocks knocks it over or something or there's a threat for like this dinette set to be ruined you're kicking them out of the house yeah it's like get out of my house <laughs> it was a very much you had one job to do situation right and in one thing it, it does it does point out because he had really bad blocking let's make no mistake the backup and third string offensive lines terrify me but it kind of emphasized a weakness of his is he really is a back who's dependent on his blocking and if Spiller's just a little less dependent, well, that's not gonna that's not gonna go well. Like you said, that's sometimes that's the difference. The sometimes yeah. that's the difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Other position just hitting on quickly: tight end Travis Kelsey's preseason debut should be this Saturday at six o'clock p.m. What do you guys think? I wish he wouldn't play. <laughs> Please don't, Andy. Like I'm not convinced he's gonna play either, even though he's been practicing. It's true. That's uh, true. You know, they he's he's held out vets before, so. I I hope he doesn't play. Uh, just not that I really want to see the other tight ends. I just don't want him to get hurt. I'm still so upset. Like I still am so obsessed with watching Tyreek that I want Tyreek to play. But you know he's on, he's on like this. He's on like a similar level of importance to the team as Kelsey. Just with that knee injury that freaked me out a little bit. Just sit him. Uh, please yes. don't play him. Seeing Kelsey miss as much time as he did with that simple knee, it was a little alarming. I mean, because this is a guy who you need. You know, yeah. right after Hill and probably Marcus Peters, probably the third most important, you know, if you're not talking quarterbacks, player on the team. Right. So, yeah, I, I would agree. If there's any question, he's not going to gain anything from playing in preseason game two other than kind of get, getting back in the mix, uh, shaking the rust off. So if there's any question, I would hope that he would sit. Would you tend to agree, Seth? I think so. Um, I actually, I would put his importance even higher than you would. I would say okay. he is literally the most important player on the team because... 
Andy Reid's offense is predicated on creating separation for wide receivers. So, yeah, Hill getting injured would suck, but it wouldn't be a tank. Whereas whereas Travis Kelsey, I just I don't see anyone coming close to replacing his production or the fact that Reid builds the offense around his talents. Didn't realize you were I mean, such even, a, a Demetrius Harris Peters. non-believer. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I just I'm a complete non-believer in. At least I kind of like Chris Conley and yeah. some of these other backup receivers have flashed maybe something. The guys backing up Kelsey, I'm just like, Ugh. I was on a fantasy podcast and they said, "Who should I pick up if Travis Kelsey gets hurt?" I'm like, someone that's not on the Chiefs because that's ruthless. How did well, <laughs> the Chief in the North is ready to strike? How did oh, yeah. <laughs> how did Demetrius Harris catch so many important passes last year? You know they like I him. I mean, really? I well, thought I thought at the beginning of camp that maybe Ross Travis or Escobar, Gavin Escobar, could work their way into the number two, but. They like Demetrius Harris. I always want to know what like Andy Reid's really thinking about, um, you know, th- like like the, and it's not. I don't mean that as an insult, but like they've kept Demetrius Harris for I think this is his fifth year or fourth year, yeah. and same thing with Tyler Bray. These you know these like guys are like the you know forty something player on the roster. Like you keep them for five years, and they really haven't made a t- huge impact. I mean, Harris did last year, so. I, I'm just curious, like what he what they see in him. You know what I mean? Is this? Are you okay with this? Is your ceiling? This is your number two? Or does he think Demetrius Harris can still you know take a step forward? He must think that. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I'm the same way. I can't figure out why. Because like you said, he gets his number called for some really important plays too, and so I, he must think that there's something there that Harris hasn't unlocked. I remember that one catch he had in the end zone. I think it was against Oakland. I don't know if it was a year or two ago. I'm blanking on exactly when it was, but where he he yeah. he high tipped and kind of caught the ball and yeah. was falling backwards. I mean, it's one play, but there's something there. Like I don't know. Maybe that's what they 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 see. They see an athletic big guy who can take a hit. I think maybe that's a concern with Ross Travis and yeah. you know they made him the number two, but kind of by default. Like who else? There are, the more I think about it, the Bray-Harris comparison is terrific because there are Bray believers and you sitting right next to me is a Demetrius Harris truther <laughs> who absolutely <laughs> believes in him no matter what, the production, or anything, you just yeah. see what he could be. I don't necessarily, yeah, I'm not putting my... Remember that one my, time he made that one catch? I'm not putting my name on him. All I'm saying is I think the Chiefs like him and, yeah. and <laughs> you're th- you, you have your season on the line, you're throwing to him. Yeah, and, yeah that's true. That's true. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't bring Poe out for if that. You, and if you remember, too, in that big Denver game, they threw to him, too, in the, in the Denver game. Yeah, I think to tie it up. Yep. Run the, with, the, with the best cover corner in the NFL, arguably, covering him. Yeah, that was... <laughs> what, I, I watched the highlights for that game recently. That was still just the craziest game. I'm, not, I'm obviously not the number one Demetrius Harris believer in Kansas City. Andy Reid is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. For sure, Big Red is. <laughs> All right, we covered the offense. We are heading into this Saturday night contest, 6 o'clock p.m. preseason game. We talked about the offense. We're going to get into some defense when we come back. All right, we're back on the Arrowhead Pride podcast. Again, we're talking about Chiefs, Bengals, 6 o'clock p.m. on Saturday evening. I'm with Joel Thorman, the blog father of ArrowheadPride.com, and the Chief in the North, his new nickname, Mr. Verification, Seth Kaiser. (laughs) We're talking about... Uh, little Chiefs, and we're going to get into right now. I mean, when you start with the defense, you start on the defensive line. But I want to know, Joel, from you, what do you like about this defense as a whole right now, you know, based upon what we've seen now the training camp is closed? The defensive line looks like it could be nasty. Yeah. Um, 
And that I feel like that's sometimes kind of hard to appreciate as like a regular fan when you're watching the games because you tend to follow the ball. But I think they're going to be a big problem, especially with you know Nacho potentially being a factor now too. Uh, Nacho so, average defensive line. Here man. you go, God, Pete. Nice. Walk out wow. of the room, please. No, I'm. I I'm, think we should just sign out. Yeah. That was. Um, I want to see Benny Logan actually play. Uh, that yeah. would be nice because most fans haven't seen him at all. And here's the thing, too. It, you know, this is his debut. I've been hearing a lot of good things. Let's, we're not going to get into a whole discussion about the off-the-field stuff about Joe Mixon. This is the perfect opportunity to see what Benny Logan can do against a guy who's getting a lot of buzz. Because he looked good. Yeah. Joe, Joe Mixon did. I watched some of his highlights last week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. Um, I'd like to see, uh, yeah, Benny Logan. I doubt Chris Jones is going to play, right? I mean, probably not. Probably not. I mean, I think there's a chance for sure. Yeah. Maybe he gets in a little bit next week. I don't know. We'll see. How big of a deal, Seth, would you say the weight gain for Mr. Nacho is, actually? <laughs> um, he is someone that I intend to reviewing. I just finished the offensive line review. I really want to get to him before the weekends because as I was trying to watch other players, he kept just jumping off the screen. He still has an extremely fast first step which was always a strength of his, still has great pad level from what I saw. But here was the difference. Last year, you'd see him get bowled over by double teams. You'd see him lose one-on-one if he didn't have perfect positioning and leverage. You just tell he was playing a little light. And I think they were saying he was playing around like 280, 285 last year. Yeah, now he's up to 310 pounds is what he said. And, and you could tell. I mean, he, they could not, San Francisco's starters, backups, they could not block him. And he was looking strong out there. It was it was really surprising. I personally, and I'm really happy to have Alan Bailey back, but he looked better than Bailey. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even mention Alan Bailey, but I'll second that, Seth. But that's the thing I think because when you were looking at this defensive line heading into the season, you you thought Jones, you thought Alan Bailey, you thought Benny Logan having a little bit of depth in Ramik. Uh, I'm sorry, not Ramik. Um, Raheem <laughs> Nunez Rochas. I, I get these names confused. Raheem Nunez Rochas uh, right. will be huge because how often do you see a, a defensive lineman get injured? Plus, you can rotate them in and out so you have fresh, fresh legs all game. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be awesome. And Roy Miller, yes, could be the you know the, a fifth guy in that rotation Hashtag as well. Roy Miller eats babies, and then T- <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then TK. Are we talking about him on the on the defensive line or at? Man, interesting, interesting player. Seth, Seth wrote a, a great piece on that. Is he is he a defensive lineman or is he an outside linebacker? Seth, what what have you seen on tape? He doesn't look comfortable in a two point stance right now, which makes sense. He, I mean, he's six foot seven and two hundred and ninety pounds. I mean, he, he's an incredible athlete. His first step is like spooky on some snaps, like where it's not that he's just getting off the line really fast for a guy his size, like a Dontari Poe thing. But, like, he's getting off the line fast for, like, anyone. We're talking, like, shade, a shade slower than D Ford on a couple of those. I, I was I'm just not about to ask you. I'm not kidding. You know, sometimes we compare, sometimes we don't. Where's his athletic ability, you think, in comparison with D Ford? Um, it, it's like he's a, I mean, he's a, he's a supersized version of him. So, you know, obviously he's not going to be as fast just because he's bigger. He right. just, he, he isn't always comfortable on his feet. And so I don't know about the two-point stance. I don't know what they're going to do with him. He's got some work to do. He had way too many pass rush losses because it's, it's exactly what we expected when he doesn't win with his natural burst and power because he's a big, strong, fast dude. But when he, when he doesn't win like that, he doesn't know what to do. This is a guy that you got to remember also, as you're saying that, is three or four weeks into NFL technique. 
You know what I mean? Exactly. Real live NFL training camp technique. It, it's also my second round pick. I need that guy to be productive. It can't be too much of a project, uh, or else I start to, start to kind of question that pick. So I'm I'm just worried that he could end up being one of those guys that frustrates the hell out of you because he looks so good doing it and, lo- and feels like he should be able to do so much more. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to focus on actual production. Like he, that's what I care about. He looks like a professional wrestler. Yeah. Which is yeah. crazy because, you know, you, you, you see a, a professional football player and say he's the only professional football player in the room, right? You're like, this is the biggest guy in the room. But then you go to training camp and you see to know, you know, next to some of these guys, he's towering over everyone, both in like width. He's taller than everybody. Yeah. You know, and that's something where you can't get too excited about because how many times have you seen that where a guy just looks huge and then can't really get the technique down and it doesn't matter. So like, like Demetrius Harris, for example. Oh, okay. Well, here, bring it back around. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like he looks like he could be a Martellus Bennett type of receiver, but at the end of the day, listen, he's not Martellus Bennett. Anyway, I want to stick with outside linebacker since we're right there. Anyway, Justin Houston, I'm kind of waiting to see the old Justin Houston. I I, I know he may not be in the game for um, a long time. They took some of the top defenders out pretty quickly last week, but I'd like to see Justin Houston look a little bit more like the old Justin Houston before we get into the regular season. Maybe more than four snaps. Yeah, that would would be nice. nice. Uh, I don't think he needs a ton and I'm not going to put I don't want to put that much stock into Houston's preseason. But, you know, to be fair, like he missed a lot of time. He's still coming back from that injury. So um, there is something to be gained from, you know, watching him in preseason. Uh, you know, I'm, I just don't think we're going to be able to see a whole lot and, and really gauge whether or not he's like back back. Uh, but he needs to be. You know, he didn't really, like you said, he had, you know, four snaps. So there's not a ton to take from that. Sure. On his two pass rushes, I think there were, he didn't really do a whole lot. He did have one really good snap setting the edge. That but Alan Bailey that, tackle was I, that. W- that was Houston, right? Yes, I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about him. Honestly, they, he could not play another snap all preseason, and it really wouldn't bother me. I think if he's healthy, we know who he is. Right, and I I, I don't disagree. I just want to see it. I mean, what we saw him play, sure. the, he was the old Justin Houston for one game last year. You know what I mean? Although, wasn't that his first game back? Yeah. After uh, second you know, game back, he played. Okay, second game back. Right. So, was, I mean, his first game back, he didn't look as good. Now that I'm remembering, and then this, the the second game back, we're like, oh shoot, Justin Houston is back, and then he really didn't reach that varsity. I mean, Seth will argue with you on that a little bit about that. The three oh, I'm, games, I'm, my lips are sealed. I'm just sitting here. The uh, three game stretch, you know, he didn't rack up the sacks, but he had a, he had a pretty good run. But I agree, he wasn't what you'd expect out of your superstar defensive. Here's my thing about Justin Houston, he, linebacker. That game was the old Justin Houston and the fact that he was a game wreck he was a game wrecker. He was a game plan wrecker. I don't you know, I know he had better games, sacks or not, later on in the season, but he wasn't affecting the game like we're used to in that twenty two sack season. That that's my only point. Was the random question, was that Broncos game, was that against Donald Stevenson? The second half was the first half was against Ty Sombrello. Okay. They benched okay. Ty Sombrello yeah, right. in that that's game. Right. Yeah they did. <laughs> All right, inside linebackers, we know that Rameek Wilson is the current guy. He's been dominant as far as snap percentage at training camp next to Derek uh, Johnson. Derek Johnson is obviously going to be your other middle linebacker. Uh, is there any competition that you're interested in seeing behind Rameek Wilson? I feel like we're just waiting for somebody to get hurt at this position and plugging in the guy behind him. Uh, yeah. I just felt like that's the way it's gone the last couple of years. They've been trying to rotate that spot next to DJ um, forever, it seems. We did stories on it at Chiefs.com. DJ has played next to, like, 
10 to 15 inside yeah. linebackers remember, in his career. Like, there's no one that's six in that position. Remember next Akeem to Jordan? Yeah. That was like way yeah. back in like 2013. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think I was covering the Chiefs yeah. back then. Not I like, wish they would have kept Akeem Jordan. He was probably the guy who played the best of everyone they've had. Only Seth is stumping for a five-year-old inside linebacker. <laughs> it's <laughs> been they that made a mistake. It's been that frustrating. I know. I like the fact Ramique that Ramik looked good though. I like the fact that Josh Malga is back in the mix. I think he makes the team. I'm not saying he's going to start, but uh, I think he knows the defense probably better than anyone. He's played mm-hmm. in that position before that role, and if he can take, uh, he can he can give a guy a breather in the middle of a game. I think you're interested in that. So they'll keep four or five there, right? So DJ Ramik for sure in uh, Aligwe draft pick KPL is, for sure is in KPL probably I think you don't make that trade yeah. if you're not keeping yeah that's not, true so that's four him. right there and we haven't even mentioned Josh Mago right I, I think but also I think they probably they sign him with the intention of keeping him too yeah you know uh, right. like, a, like a veteran like that so I think that's five he's right good. there he's good in the room so does does March go from me from winning the starting spot last year to cut. March, that would be pretty crazy. March has been on the field with the fourth team. Or he has. The it's been wild. Team. He won the job outright last and year. And Sutton could Bob Sutton, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, could not stop talking about his ball hawk ability, how he was so good around the ball. It's just crazy the drop off. It's too you know tough, that's a tough surgery. Was wasn't that the microfracture surgery that he had? I thought it was. I, I thought that was the same thing that Kelsey had. I think those are the odds of coming back on that are not great. I remember he mm-hmm. had the hand. Oh, maybe I'm. Th- I'm thinking of two years ago then. Yeah, yeah had a rough run. It was a yeah. It was, it's been an injury filled. That's past right. Couple the years. hand was last year. But it's it, it, yep. regardless. I mean, you're coming back from any surgery. You miss time. You got to get back in the mix. I mean, it just is weird. I, he just has not clicked, and they haven't really given him any burn with, with the first or second teams. I, I don't know. Like I can't. I, I don't know. What, I mean, who's he knocking out of that group? I don't see any reasonable. Like, if you didn't draft that guy in the fifth round this year, maybe that's his way in. But you're, you're going to cut Josh Mago for him? I'm not sure. I don't think you do. I don't think so. I, I don't think Bob Sutton's doing that, at least. I don't think so, either. I mean, I think, right. those, I think those are your five. I, it's just weird. I, I mean, it's like Ramik basically started out playing him right out of the gate in OTAs, and I don't know. You know, people get the yips. I don't know if it got to him or what, but, I mean, Ramik took the job, hasn't given it up, and since then, March just seems like he just keeps dropping. Remains to be seen. We don't make the decisions. We can only talk about them. Moving on to safeties, will Eric Berry play in this game? No. No. I'm not sure he's going to play at all this preseason. I don't think so either. And I think that's probably the smart move. Because that heel, this is an annual thing. Berry missing time you know, in camp because of the heel. I kind of remember this heel being an issue prior to cancer, even. Yeah, no, he had the Achilles, or no, the ACL, and then I thought like that next year or something. I mean, it's been a couple years, I think, since we've had this heel thing. Yeah, I mean, he's been in training camp. Uh, but he's not seen, missing games. You've so. seen plenty of tweets, I'm sure, of him signing. He's just been signing the entire training. His hands aren't injured, obviously, because he's just been signing autographs all of training camp. <laughs> um, but yeah, I believe he'll sit. And the, the silver lining in it is as long as you know he's healthy going into the regular season, you're getting to see guys like Eric Murray uh, with an opportunity to play in nickel and dime sets. I know you like that set, so you can get some film on him. What do you like from, about Eric Murray? He's very fast. He's very fast to the ball. He um, seems like he, once he settled down a little bit in the second half, seems like he's got good instincts to the ball. He's not hesitant to hit. At the same time, I got to say, it looked like he's got a little ways to go. 
because he, you know, he, he missed one tackle that resulted in a gigantic gain, and his angles weren't great a couple times. But overall, his you can see the raw materials there. He's extremely fast to the ball, and you just got to hone that skill. Yeah, of course you have Ron Parker and Daniel Sorensen, who I think could be a making the leap candidate this year because he just he just is so solid. I, I, They're too stacked at safety. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Eric Eric Murray is not going to play. I mean, he he will uh, get in there, but man, their top three safeties are locked in. Danny Sorensen yep. is super super underrated. I I mean, he can he can stick receivers. He could come up um, into the box. He on interceptions, guns down the field. Yeah. Like if Danny Sorensen picks you off, maybe more likely for it to be a pick six than not. I mean, it's it's that fast. I don't know what it is about him. I just thought he was a. Big red BYU special three years ago, four years ago when when he came out, but he's what turned an into, underrated. Signing. Yeah, that's just such a that's a really solid signing and at a pretty good yeah. price too. Um, you know, but they have all three of those safeties under long term deals under contract for like three more years. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's gonna be a tough group to crack. All right, moving outside, we know Marcus Peters is your left cornerback. No one in America is doubting that. Uh, on the other side, we have Steve Nelson. Uh, Terrence Mitchell, Philip Gaines, sort of like a little bit of a uh, cornerback love triangle, Jill. Uh, yes, I guess that's one way you could put it. <laughs> um, yeah, the the top three, I feel like we're close to to locked in. You know, like like you yeah. said, Peters, uh, Mitchell, and um, Nelson, and Nelson, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's who I think is you know going to spend the most time on the field, and you're stacked at safety too, so you might bring in. Uh, you know, one of those guys at times as well over a corner. Um, yeah, I, I just thought this was a this is it was hyped as an important position battle, and I just it never took off the ground as like a super interesting one to me. Because um, you know, all the other guys like have obvious flaws. Like Gaines isn't going to start, Bosby's not going to start. You know, whoever else you want to throw over there, Kenneth Acker, right? Those are hey, role what? players. Yeah, I don't think they were ever in serious competition to start. So. I think it's kind of a boring position battle. I think we know what it's going to be. Uh, and, and last year when Mitchell came in and played well, you know, I think that eased a lot of concerns that, like, you can plug somebody in in that position and the rest of the defense is still going to be pretty good. Especially now, I think, too, with these de- this defensive line and these outside linebackers putting pressure on. Anything you want to mention about the right cornerback position, Seth? I just keep hearing that Steven Nelson's taken another step forward, and he yeah. was a lot better last year than he was the year before, although he was still kind of the guy that got picked on, I felt like. When Mitchell came around. Um, But I I, like Joel said, I don't know if this has ever been a battle that was really that interesting. I think it was always going to be Peters, Nelson and Mitchell. I just I'd like to see Mitchell get healthy, though. That's starting to worry me a little bit. Yeah. These guys that have like you miss like a week of camp. Yeah, it does start to get a little concerning for sure. Yeah, I I think, too, a lot of times the off-season training regimen is a little bit different than when you're back on the field and getting into football shape. And, you know, you hope you put faith in the Chiefs training staff to have them ready by the beginning of the season. You know, for a lot of these returners, they're not concerned about them playing in preseason game number two. They're like, maybe it's a long game, too, where they're just like, all right, let's take it easy. Let's kind of ease you back in, cold tub, hot tub. You know, I don't don't have a look behind the scenes in the training room. Very few people do, but I'm just saying, I think, for returners especially, they're looking for the regular season. Yeah, and I'm, I am right. I am too. Um, you know, Terrence Mitchell uh, has been a journeyman until the last month of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I do wonder if we're putting a little too much uh, stock into what he can do. 
um, mm-hmm. if we're just assuming he can do this a little too much. So that is one area that... I well, that's before he got to the mad scientist, Bob Sutton, baby. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sutton. Sutton, man. I mean, he's got a, he's got a good look to him. Kind of like a Santa Claus, Grandpa. old, wise, Wizard of Oz type of, type of deal. I like Sutton. But anyway... <laughs> That's the defense. So we've, we've gone through offense. We've gone through defense. We're talking about Chiefs Bengals coming up this Saturday night. We're going to finish up with a little game show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride podcast. We're talking Chiefs Bengals headed into this Saturday night, 6 o'clock p.m. It's, it's a dinner game. Pete Sweeney here. I'm joined by Joel Thorman and Seth Kaiser. And we're going to play a little game show to end the show, a little would you rather. So I'm going to come up with a couple questions here. Joel and Seth uh, can answer based upon what they think. First question to you guys. Would you rather see Alex Smith with three touchdowns and no picks and Mahomes with zero touchdowns and three picks or the other way around? (laughs) Why do you do this to me, Pete? I'll take three touchdowns from Alex Smith. So that means Mahomes gets three interceptions. Because I'm putting this off for a year, all right? <laughs> hey, hey, Pete, I think one day at a time. <laughs> Very Andy Reid of you. Seth, how do you feel about that? I, you know, I've, uh, I've somehow, and I don't know how, after three years of defending Alex Smith, oh, no. I've somehow become the poster boy for people that want Mahomes to start. And so since that's where I'm at, I might as well just, you know, ride that train. And so I, I'd rather see it with Mahomes. I really would. I, I suddenly have this picture of, like, you know the Obama hope famous thing? It's just a picture of Seth, and underneath it says Mahomes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Seth's wearing a headband right now, just like Mahomes. The poster boy of well, uh, Patrick Mahomes, what, Seth Whatever Kaiser. works. It's, it's easier to explain away Mahomes' three picks than it is Alex's. That's, that's, my, that's my serious take. That's true. What would you rather see? Chris Conley having some flash plays or something positive out of Philip Gates? Chris Con- Chris Conley, you said? Yeah, Chris Conley. I'll take that. Because Gaines, I feel like he has some positives here and there. He just gets hurt and you can't rely on him. So if he's your sixth corner, cool. Joe loves offense. How do you feel about it, Seth? I, I stumped for, for Philip Gaines for years. Broke down so much film showing why he was he our best cover corner. I can't. I've been hurt before. He's hurt me before. <laughs> I, want, I, I would rather see Chris Conley flash again because he looked good last week. All right. Two votes for Chris Conley. All right, here we go. Who would you rather, so just throw out skills, throw out what you've seen on tape, whatever, just as you as a fan, <laughs> who would you rather see make this team, Sharkandrick West or C.J. Spiller? Oh. C.J. Spiller. That's kind of an easy-ish one for Remember me. that, Chiefs fans. You know, if you're not performing, Joel will just throw you down the toilet. He's Find it's very Billichicky enough. <laughs> yeah, the closest 30-year-old running back, and I'll add him to the team immediately if you're not performing. <laughs> Seth? Uh, throwing out everything, Charkandrick West. Okay. So you guys disagreed on that one. Well, well Seth's wrong. I'm, I'm that's the point. Charkandrick West is the biggest smile in Kansas City. So, I mean, that's got to be worth it. He does. Time. And he's the guy like who, guy. when Travis Kelsey was ticked off after the Titans game. Charkandrick West, by the way. Charkandrick West, by the way, follower of the Arrowhead Pride Instagram. He liked a picture of himself yesterday. Oh, nice. <laughs> Can well, you not do anymore that? after hearing Joel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next, would you rather... Would you rather see to know out outside linebacker in the future or defensive end? Outside linebacker. You want some competition for D Ford? Yeah, um, and I'm just like they're pretty young on the defensive line, and I've already got Chris Jones there. I need to look beyond Houston and Ford a few years. Chris down the Jones, line. by the way, called to know a more athletic Chris Jones the other day. Chris Jones is amazing. <laughs> 
That was the most underrated pick when they took him because I barely knew who he was. Unreal. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. had kind of an idea. You had a, a peek into what it was going to be like when he bear hugs Roger Goodell, Goodell the second he becomes a chief. <laughs> uh, what do you What do you think about that, Seth? Um, I'd go with outside linebacker too, just because I I think the D line's largely set, and I really love the idea of like a three hundred pound outside linebacker. Yeah, it'd be deadly. The last would you rather of the podcast, kind of headed into the game. Let's end on a high note. Would you rather Chris Jones throws a pass in this game or Travis Kelsey? Kelsey, because Kelsey would complete it. <laughs> Pete put up the video of Kelsey participating in the quarterback competition at camp where they're throwing at targets. Kelsey hit the first two. First three. He, was, he wasn't bad. <laughs> it looked pretty good. Yeah. In that same, you, this is what you didn't see on video, in that same quarterback challenge, Alex Smith went 0-4. Oh, yeah? <gasps> oh, that was our angle. Man, how did I not just turn this into a huge controversy? What a mistake. <laughs> Should Travis Kelsey be getting snaps with the third team at quarterback? He, they've barely given Stave any snaps. We know we have in Bray. Would Travis Kelsey be better than Bray or Stave? <laughs> Realistic question. Um, I mean, you give him he enough time. It. If Kelsey stayed at Cincinnati as a quarterback... I mean, just he feel Kelsey's one of those guys who's just good at everything. I the think. tight end change was the best thing. Oh, for sure, it was life. the best. But like, I still think he's a he's a potential NFL prospect at six foot five. You know, two hundred and fifty pounds, um, and he's just an overall good athlete. I think that guy's an NFL consideration. He's Tyler Bray, <laughs> right? Here, let me, let me just a tad faster. We were talking about no competition behind Demetrius Harris. Maybe you, what you do is you move Tyler Bray to the tight end room. Oh yeah, no. Ooh, we're moving to no, outside the box. No, we're moving to no <laughs> TK to the to the tight end room is what we're going to do. When this defensive uh, thing doesn't work out for him, he'll be catching passes from Patrick Mahomes in 2019. Write it down. Listen, Terrell Pryor, okay. Terrell Pryor treatment. Seth, haven't gotten your answer. Chris Jones or Travis Kelsey? Who do you want to see throwing? Chris Jones, just because I think the post game would be amazing if it went well. That's true. That's guys, a good point. He'd be like, you guys see me in that game? I threw a pass. I, I told you I was the best quarterback on this team. <laughs> yep. Andy Reid's an biggest nightmare. I feel like you have the the voice down a little bit. Like, it's a little high, you know what I mean? It's super excited. Kinda, when he gets excited, yeah. he gets high. He yeah. gets high. Well, that's it. I mean, listen, we have previewed the whole game. Now you know exactly what to watch. I believe Sam Ficken will probably be kicking again. That's the only thing we didn't touch. And I'm not trying to make any predictions here for sure, but... Cairo Santos is plenty safe. He's, he's missing kicks at training camp. Yeah. We, you know, the Robert Aguayo video came out today. You can't miss kicks during training camp. Cairo made 30 in a row. So as long as he's healthy going into the season, I don't think this is something you have to worry about. Plenty of time left, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to freak out. All right, that's it. Seth, thank you for joining us all the way in Minnesota. His podcast is Chief in the North, also in, on iTunes. It's part of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I just made that up, but I, I like the sound of it. Um, I'm Pete <laughs> Sweeney for Joel Thorman. And get some dinner. Enjoy the game. It's Chiefs Bengals coming at you at 6 p.m. this Saturday night. We'll have coverage all day and after the game on OurHeadPride.com. Thanks for joining us. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include 
doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.